Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Jaguars show. I'm Justin Dunk, joined by former NFL tight end Clay Harbor. It's Tell the Truth Week 1 post-game analysis edition. Clay, we're discussing the Jags winning in Indianapolis for the first time since your last season in the league. Jacksonville's dominant fourth quarter, an up-and-down performance from quarterback Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley flashing, Josh Allen beasting, and Tank Bigsby giving away a touchdown to DeForest Buckner, and more. Let's get to it. The Jaguars finally won an Indy for the first time since October 22nd, 2017. Jacksonville earns a victory on the road at Lucas Oil Stadium, 31-21. What were your initial takeaways from the game? We said it, Justin. I haven't played in the league in a minute. And uh, the fact that they haven't won since I've been there is, is, is pretty incredible. Because it feels like I haven't played in years. But my overall take from the Jaguars' victory was they showed resilience. This is a team that believes. This is a team that can bounce back from anything, and they picked up right where they left off. Obviously, you alluded to it. Tank Bigsby literally hands to Forrest Buckner a touchdown. Gives it to him. Here you go. Papadeo, I don't want this. It's like you, you got. You, I know you're young, but you got to realize that's a fumble. You don't give up that ball. But they come back. You see Trevor bringing everybody off the field. Hey, come here. Let's huddle up. They come back, they put the ball in the end zone, they take care of business, they win an away road game in the AFC South to start the season. They show resilience just like they did against the the, the uh, San Diego Chargers, you know, when they're down 28 points in the first half, just like they did all year long when they're when they're three and seven, when they started the season, they show resilience, and that's what this team is about. Bouncing back from tough situations. Doug Peterson, I love it. Start off 1-0. 31 points is the most ever scored by a Jaguars team in Indianapolis in franchise history. Doug Peterson said, we haven't done so well down there in past history, and his team wasn't exactly a well-oiled machine going into week one. So what do you think the future holds for this team now that 60 minutes and live action are under their belt in 2023? I think they're going to keep getting better. And, yeah, it's a tough pit place to play. Even when I was playing there with the Jaguars, I mean, it's always hard to play in that dome for whatever reason. I don't know what they're pumping into that air over there in Indy, what the fans are doing, if they're pumping in fake noise or whatever. But it's always been a tough place to play. For them to come out with a victory, even though it wasn't pretty at times, I thought the defense played well. Anthony Richardson is better than people think. I know he's a rookie, but he's a tough guy to stop. He can throw the ball decently, he, and, and he can run. He's a, big, he's a big dude, but Trevor Lawrence showed me why he's Trevor Lawrence. He came out. He performed. He put the ball where he needed to. You know, he, he did throw the one interception that wasn't his fault. Once again, our man Tank Bigsby handed the ball over to the defense, bounced off his hands like he was wearing some boxing gloves. I don't know. You have some butter or some, uh, some Pam on those hands. You got to catch that ball, man. Hit off right, right off his chest. Regardless, 
They came away with the victory, and I thought Trevor played well. He showed, showed poise at the end of the game, driving the ball down the field, and Travis Etienne slammed the door, showing why he is a top 10 running back in the NFL. You saw that run at the end of the game, him bouncing outside, nothing inside, bounces out, scores a touchdown, slams the door, and then I love how the defense shut the game down. Didn't give him a chance to score, go for the onside kick. You didn't give them that opportunity. When Anthony Richardson goes out, you shut down Gardner. So I love the way they finished. I love Trevor's poise. He showed why he had 103 rating, 241 yards, two touchdowns, one interception with an asterisk by it. Shouldn't be a pick. And 24-32, very efficient game for Trevor. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today for your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive 50% off in a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Clay Jacksonville entered the fourth quarter down four points, 21-17, and came back to score 14 points while shutting out the Colts in the final frame to win. What changed for the Jags in that fourth queue? You just saw that the playmaker started making plays. You see a big play by Evan Ingram down the sideline. I mean, what what a catch. You see Zay Jones making plays. That touchdown catch that he made, obviously Trevor dropped a dime, but that's a heck of a, ca- heck of a catch. I mean, that's got to be an, a sports center top 10 play right there. And then now you got a go-to guy, Calvin Ridley. You saw how well he played in the first half, and then that opened some things up for some of the other guys. Obviously, you want to get Christian Kirk more involved in this offense. The guy only had one catch for nine yards. I'm sure it's a little bittersweet feeling for him. He's a team player. He loves to win, but he wants to help this team win. He wants he he wants to get the ball thrown to him, but I thought Doug exploited some things that he saw in the first half. They made some adjustments. They stopped turning the ball over. You didn't have the freakish fumble from Trevor to Tank Bigsby. I don't even know who you give that one to. And then you don't have the freakish interception that bounces off of Tank Bigsby's head when he's wearing those boxing gloves. So minus those two plays, I think the Jaguars should have ran away with this one. I was really impressed. The defense stood up. I mean, Anthony Richardson showed he can drive the ball. This guy's not bad. This guy's going to be a solid quarterback in the future. I'm a little worried. This guy's going to be really good. But this year, he's even going to be solid. But overall, they started taking care of business. They made some good adjustments. And it was a full team victory at the end there. How critical was Jamal Agnew's 48-yard punt return in that fourth quarter? Because to me, it seemed like it gave the Jags an energy boost. Oh, absolutely, Justin. Man, that guy's got some wheels. It looks like you're watching those old cartoons. You see you see the wheels running when the, when the guys are running there. That's what it looks like when J- Jamal Agnew gets the ball. This guy is underrated. I love Jamal Agnew. He always makes a big play in the special teams. And he's going to make a couple of big plays in offense this year because he always does. But that that gave him that gave him a little bit of boost. When you see your your special team unit put you in a situation like that, and you're on the field, your heart rate gets going to get a little more. You feel the momentum. You're you're in a away game. The crowd is just silent. And you go, okay, we don't even have to use silent. We don't even have to use silent count this drive. We're good. We're going out there. We're you normal cadence. Hey, the, the special teams unit just shut them up for us. You're feeling good. They give you the momentum. 
and you go out there and handle it. It's hard to drive the ball 80 yards every time. If you have a special team unit, a guy like Jamal Agnew, they can put you in a good situation like that. That is huge. Giving Trevor Lawrence a short field, that is not a recipe for success. That is a recipe for failure for the rest of this uh, this division and, and all the Jaguars' opponents this year. So I love what I saw there, and that was a huge play. A return from Agnew set up a drive that led to the go-ahead touchdown. On that drive, Zay Jones, critical fourth and two catch to convert and lead to Bigsby's first career touchdown. What did you like in terms of the poise? I know you mentioned Jones with the big catch earlier in the game, but in that critical fourth down situation, the fact that Peterson had the stones to go for it after they had been stopped on two fourth downs earlier in the game. Both these both these coaches are just going for it on every fourth down. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> this is like me versus my brother at Madden. Fourth down, I'm going for it. Fourth down, I'm going for it. It's fourth and I'm going for it. You know, it's crazy to see, but that play in specific, you see a nice a nice uh, option route by Zay Jones, catches the ball, gets the first down. It's one of those critical plays that when you look back at the game, a lot of people don't remember, you know, five-year, but that was huge fourth down play. That was one of the biggest plays in the game, and Zay Jones showing why Trevor trusts him so much. You know, this guy was the career leader in receptions in the NCAA history. Zay Jones knows how to catch a football now, and he showed up yesterday, and he actually might turn in to the second option for this team. I mean, obviously, you got Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram there, but you see why in training camp a lot of people were talking. You know, Zay's having a really good camp. Zay's getting a lot of balls thrown his way, and with Calvin Ridley coming in, and taking a little bit of that shine from Christian Kirk, Zay Jones is still in that number two slot. So it's it's good to see him still producing. Jones, as you mentioned, it had five catches for 55 yards on seven targets in that touchdown. He actually played the most offensive snaps of any receiver in the receiving court, including Calvin Ridley. 89% of the offensive snaps, 62 of 70. So do you think we're going to see Jones and Ridley used more as those two wideouts and Kirk in the slot as they were in week one, or is there going to be an evolution there? You know, I think you're right, Justin. In in specific uh, formations, Zay Jones is always on the field. In different formation groups, you see you you got 11, 12, 13, 21 personnel. That always that's that goes by the number of tight ends and running backs that are on the field, right? So in all those personnel groupings, Zay's on the field. And he's the only receiver that stays on the field regardless. So Zay's going to get a lot of opportunities just because of the personnel groupings. He might be, not be the biggest play threat. I think that's why you're paying Christian Kirk a bajillion dollars. I mean, this guy's getting dang near $100 million. Like, And then you got Calvin Ridley showing he is a number one receiver. So I think Zay Jones is still that number two. I think uh, Calvin Ridley might not be happy about that, but it's good to have a lot of – a lot of weapons in the wide receiver room and Doug Peterson knows how to use them all. Doug Peterson's a former quarterback. He knows how to keep these guys happy. He knows how to get them involved in the game plan. If I was a betting man, whatever the over under is for Christian Kirk next week, I would take that because I know Doug Peterson is going to make it a point to get him more involved in the offense. He wants to keep him on board. Want to keep him happy for the season because he knows how important he is, but I really love this receiving core. I think this, is a top five NFL receiving core. And you add in Evan Ingram, who's a tight end, but he is basically another wide receiver out there just because of his speed and athleticism and how they use him. I mean, this team has a ton of weapons, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. 
Lawrence has a lot of weapons and he completed 75% of his passes to those weapons, 241 yards, two touchdowns and the pick that you mentioned that went off Bigsby's hands. Although there was another dropped interception that was right to Julian Blackman. How do you assess number 16's 2023 season opener? I like it. Like I said, the one word I'll use, and I think it's honestly, it's, it's the most important word for a quarterback of a young team like this is resilience. There's going to be up and downs in an NFL football game. You'll see guys that can handle it and guys that can't. You know, I'm watching a lot of football yesterday. You see a lot of guys. You know, Kenny Pickett didn't have a great day. Justin Fields didn't have a great day. Trevor Lawrence could have had one of those days. After that interception that bounced off of Tank Bigsby, then you got the, the fumble from Tank Bigsby, the possible interception that, that luckily got called down. He could have spiraled, but he comes back. He always does, and he has resilience. He finishes the game. And he, and, and he gets the W. And that's the best thing I can say about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he has good numbers, 75% completion, almost a 104 rating starting off the season, right where he picked off. Picked off, but left off. I'm sorry, picked off. I'm talking about pickoffs here. He's starting right where he left off, and he's just showing resilience. Nothing is going to fluster this guy. This guy, and that's what I want in my quarterback. I don't want my quarterback looking sad out there. in the field. I want him, yo, bringing the team, huddle up. You know, this is what we're doing. He's that guy. He's the leader that you want on this team in the locker room and on the field. He's an extension of Doug Peterson. I love both these guys together. I think they're going to keep getting better. Lawrence did admit it was pretty sloppy at times for the offense and three of 12 on third downs. How can the Jags go about changing that number to be closer or over 50%? Yeah, I felt like they did. They ran a lot of uh, up the middle and a lot of quarterback sneaks and, I think Tank Bigsby, you know, missed a couple of cuts where he could have had some good short yardage plays. I think Tank Bigsby's got to get better. I think maybe if he doesn't improve next week, you got to sit him down, make him inactive for a while, uh, bring in Jamichael Hasty, who's a guy that's proven he he knows how to read a defense and make the the one cut and, and get some yards. Or you got to use Travis Etienne Jr. a little more. But you know, overall, I think it just comes down to execution. The Jaguars didn't execute there. They went forward on a lot of third downs, a lot of fourth downs, and we didn't see the typical plays that Doug Peterson has. I think that maybe has to do with the new coaching staff. He's a great game planner. He didn't have the opportunity to game plan off of specific plays. He didn't get a chance to sit down and and look at Shane Steichen and, and his defense and every Gus Bradley you know, and really see some of the things that they were going to be running this year with the new coach. So I think as the season goes on, he's going to be able to game plan a little better uh, against the specific things that a team is doing and specific players that they're going to have on the field. I think that's one of Doug Peterson's specialties. The fact that he'll sit down, he'll watch a game, he'll game plan against it, and he'll make a play that works. He's so creative and great at doing that. Ridley could probably help as the season goes forward on third down. He played his first regular season game in 686 days, had a career high seven receptions for 92 yards in the first half, finished with eight for 101 and a TD, but in that second half was held to just that one catch for nine yards. How do you rate overall his first in-game performance for the Jags? Yeah, I wanted to see him continue into the second half there and, and really build momentum going into the rest of the season. They kind of shut him down a bit, but you saw some other players pick up, and I think that's because a lot of the emphasis went towards Calvin Ridley. 
They started making sure that they had a second guy over the top, making sure they had eyes on Calvin Ridley, and that opened up Zay Jones. That opened up Evan Ingram. That opened up Travis Etienne Jr., who also had five catches. I know a lot of those were in the screen game, but I think he is going to make the other guys around him better. And the Jaguars have so many weapons. That's going to be tough because you can't once you start once you start focusing on Ridley, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk are going to have to be single covered. And those guys can win those one-on-one matchups. So overall, first game back, I give them an A. To come back and have eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown and that long 29-yard play where he just turned on the Jets and was tiptoeing on the sidelines and looked like he, he, he almost scored. And I thought he did score, but you know he stepped out with his, with his pinky toe. Overall, I love what Ridley showed. He showed that he's back, he's gritty, and he's ready to have a good season. Man, on that almost second touchdown for Ridley, how about Travis Etienne running down the field, laying that block for Ridley to almost get in the end zone? 12th career, 100-yard receiving performance from Ridley in 50 career games. But in that second half, the Colts made an adjustment with Bradley putting Kenny Moore on Ridley for the majority of the final 30 minutes. How much do you think that impacted Ridley's production? And at the same time, you kind of alluded to this, though, maybe opened up some things for some of the other weapons. Yeah, it's going to be tough to do that to, to the Jaguars. If you want to put your, your best cornerback on Calvin Ridley, fine. We'll use Christian Kirk. Oh, you want to you want to double him too? Fine. We got Zay Jones. Oh, you're going to take away Zay Jones? Cool. We got Evan Ingram. Oh, you want to take away Evan Ingram? Cool. We're going to run the ball with Travis Etienne Jr. There's too many weapons out here in Jacksonville. You're not going to be able to stop them all. And that did have an effect. And they're, you know, they're picking on the Colts second and, and third cornerbacks and when Kenny Moore is playing on Calvin Ridley they don't have the depth they don't have Stephen Gilmore anymore okay so you are not going to be able to take away all these weapons in Indianapolis so I think that did have an effect but moving forward you can't do that to the Jaguars okay you want to come in a game plan it's like the Eagles you see why they're so productive how how come AJ Brown Devontae Smith and you know how how come these guys are still week in and week out producing you can't stop everybody you want to take away AJ? Guess what? You got Devontae. You want to take away Devontae? Guess what? You got Dallas Goddard down the middle of the field. Same thing with Jacksonville. Same thing. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. Okay, those guys are going to play well if you take away Calvin Ridley. That's what's going to make this team so hard to stop down the stretch and moving forward. They stay healthy. They're going to win this division. Let's go to the defense because they played very well in Indy. Josh Allen was an absolute beast for Mike Caldwell's defense. The seventh overall pick in the 2019 draft recorded 10 tackles and a single game career high, three sacks and three tackles for loss, including decleating Colts running back Deion Jackson. Man, what a hit that was. Plus two quarterback pressures. Why was Allen so disruptive? Man, they just didn't have nothing to nothing to, to stop them with. This Colts offensive line is shaky. I'll be honest, it's it's not good. This offensive line is not great. But Josh Allen is a veteran. He's coming up on a contract year. He knows he's got to perform, and he just showed up. I mean, this guy can play. He's a veteran now coming into year, I think, year five. So th- th- this guy is an underrated pass rusher. Last year, I know he only had seven, eight sacks, but he got a ton of pressures. He's top 10 in the NFL in pressures. So he was getting there. He just wasn't getting the, getting the quarterback down. Yesterday, he got the quarterback down, and this was a big quarterback to take down, too. And I love what I saw from Trayvon Walker, too. Six tackles and a sack. He showed up with a sack as well. If we can get these two guys going on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be really good 
for Mike Caldwell's defense. I know Mike Caldwell swept, slept well yesterday after seeing how Josh Allen played. And uh, Josh Allen, he's going to be saying at the end of the year, show me the money. Man, Lauren said that the defense played great with a chip on their shoulder. Peterson saw great things from the defense to go along with what you said about Caldwell sleeping nicely. And I think what was critical from my standpoint was the three takeaways, and they stopped the Colts four or five times on fourth down. You mentioned it off the top that both these teams are going for it on fourth down all the time. But how much of a boost can that give your team if your defense is stopping the opponent that many times to turn it over on downs? Oh, it's huge. It's a big momentum swing. These coaches going for it. I know Steichen still thinks he's in Philly when they go for it every time. and every four. You can't do that every play, man. These guys are literally acting like they're playing a game of Madden. This isn't Madden. Punt the football. You have a punter on your roster for a reason. Play some field position games. It is such a huge boost and huge momentum swing when you see your team get a stop on fourth down because you, you, you're, you're going half the field now. That matters. That matters. That's those are those are big plays, huge plays. And the Jaguars defense came up big. I like what I saw from Foyer Lucan as well. 12 tackles, eight solos. This guy's small, but he's like he's like Mighty Mouse out there, man. This guy's like the he's like Mighty Mouse. This guy's small, but he he packs a punch. I love the way he plays football. Thought Josh Allen did a great job. I like what I saw from Trayvon Walker. You know, overall, I really loved what I saw from the Jaguars defense doing a good job. And on the back end, one of the standouts back there was third-year DB Tyson Campbell. Had the best training camp of any Jags player, according to Doug Peterson and the coaching staff. Had an athletic interception in the fourth quarter off Anthony Richardson to help secure Jacksonville's win. Does he have the skills to be an elite cover man in the NFL? He already is, Justin. He already is an elite cover man. I mean, you look at uh, the PFF numbers. He was a top-10 graded corner last year, but for some reason, nobody knows who the heck he is. Outside of Jacksonville, Tyson Campbell is one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. It's about the time people start realizing who this kid is and start to know his name, and I think they're going to figure that out real quick this season. You're going to have to try to keep up with this offense. You're going to throw the ball in interception this week. I think he's, he's going to get six, seven of the, these things this year because teams are going to have to throw the ball against him. You saw Ryan Tannehill giving the ball away. I mean, you see, you see Anthony Richardson isn't, isn't you know, playing so well with it. C.J. Stroud's giving the ball away. This division, Tyson Campbell's going to have a lot of interceptions, and I love the way he's playing. thought Cisco had a solid game. I thought that hit on him that he got called for the unnecessary roughness was bogus. What is he supposed to do right there? He's a physical player, but I love Tyson Campbell. Six tackles, that big interception, great cover guy. You saw Alec Pierce only had only had one catch. I know Michael Pittman had a little bit of a day, but you know, overall, solid job for Tyson Campbell. The defense only really gave up 14 points because of that weird DeForest Buckner touchdown. Can you explain to me what went through your mind when you first saw that play and how this could even happen in this day and age in the NFL? Yeah, it took me back to this play I had in high school, man. I had something really similar happen. We're playing against the defending state champions. It's the second round of the playoffs, and they kick, they kick the, this field goal, right? In the field goal, this they got an all-state kicker. It's only like a 30-yard field goal, but it's in Chicago. You know, it's a very windy day. The ball lands on the half-yard line. If it goes in the end zone, you know, it's a touchback. You know, we get the ball. It lands on the half-yard line. They even make it to the end zone. I go, pick up the ball. Addison Driscoll's a team. They're running to the sidelines. 
the Jaguars, or the, the Addison Driscoll's running the sideline. My high school team, the, the Dwight Trojans, running the sidelines. I'm walking with the ball. I go to hand it to the ref. The ref puts his hands up like this. I take off down the field. There's no one on the field. <laughs> the refs blow a whistle. And then come to find out they shouldn't have blown the whistle. They should have just let me score the touchdown. It was an inadvertent whistle. So they come back and replay the play, and it was fourth and ten, and they went for it because they saw they couldn't kick the field goal, and they ended up getting pass interference, ended up winning the game because of that single play. That, that is when I learned you treat every ball, every ball in college, NFL. If this ball's bouncing around, I am on it, and I am holding it tight. Okay, you see, you see your quarterback get hit. You think it's a pass, or you think it's an incomplete pass. You grab that ball like it's a fumble until you hear a whistle. I don't care if you think it's maybe a yard thrown forward and it could be a backwards pass. You grab that ball. The most telling statistic in the NFL is the turnover battle. You cannot do that. I know Tank Bigby's a rookie, but you got to hold on to the football. You got to be sure that even even sure you're sure. Those plays, that play could have lost him the game. I think he's going to feel if he wakes up the next day knowing that that's the play that lost him the game after the interception that bounced off his chest and the, the third, fourth downs that he didn't get. So what I thought was you just got to use this as a teaching moment for Tank. Hey, every ball's live until you know for sure. That was a tough play. Some key advice from our man, Clay Harbor. And that does it for this week one post-game edition of the Jags' victory over the Colts presented by Bet Online, And be sure to catch us as we tee up a very intriguing matchup of the Kansas City Chiefs in week two on the Believe Network. Can't wait. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.